is Bloomberg Surveillance. Europe and attachment to Europe looks worse and worse every single day. There's a security issue that the Brits feel. I don't think the business cycle dynamics that we've seen since World War II change. I think they're the same. And they're going to start to manifest themselves. Many in markets are looking at 10-year rates at uh, 175 and are concluding, wow, if rates are so low, that must mean that the U.S. economy is unhealthy. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street. Noon in London, where the Brexit debate is in full cry. And 1 p.m. in Leverkusen, Germany, where the folks at Bayer are sitting by the phone waiting for a response to their $62 billion offer for Monsanto. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keane. We'll look at those stories and more here today on Surveillance. The U.K. government out a short time ago with a forecast that a vote to leave the EU would cause a year-long recession, sparking a decline in the pound and costing hundreds of thousands of jobs. The FTSE doesn't like that. Down 21 points right now, three-tenths of a percent, and your pound is trading at 144.67, down a quarter of a percent this morning. Buyer shares this morning, uh, well, you would, as you would expect, they're lower, uh, 3.4%. But what's interesting is Monsanto shares, they're up 8.8% to 110.48, but that's a $122 yeah. a share offer. So, Tom, there's clearly something that investors aren't liking oh. about this. Did deal. they take two aspirin in St. Louis? And, and the yeah. column in the morning, yeah. Uh, the DAX in Germany, reflecting the decline uh, in buyer shares, down 75 points right now, three-quarters of a percent. Stocks in Europe overall are lower uh, by about two points, uh, half a percent on the day. Uh, in the U.S., futures not getting a big boost from Monsanto at the moment. Uh, S&P futures are off four points, two-tenths. Dow futures down 29, two-tenths, and it's a one-tenth decline for NASDAQ E-mini futures. They are off five points right now. The Fed, remember the Fed? Three Fed speakers today. Jim Bullard out already. Nothing new from him. But bonds at the moment are mixed. The curve flattening some. The 10-year note yield falls a basis point to 1.82%. The five-year at one36 and the two-year rises uh, just a touch, uh, 0.88 basis points for your two-year note yield. G7 ministers meeting over the weekend, no coordinated plan on growth, the usual. We'll cooperate on currencies. The dollar at the moment is, we'll call it basically unchanged at 95.362. After rising a little bit when the Fed suggested they will raise rates in June, it has sort of flattened out. The euro trading at 112.06. The yen uh, got stronger today, 109.45. Interview with uh, Haruhiko Kuroda on CNBC overnight. Uh, So it appears, Tom, the status quo ante weekend for investors. Not a whole lot has changed in the markets over the last couple of days. I would say just commodities are a little soggy, and we've seen that in the tape in the last number of uh, minutes. Watching Looney on that, uh, Looney 131.60, weaker Canada this morning. Where's the ruble? haven't looked. Yes, weaker dollar ruble uh, as well, just as a proxy. Watching German rates as well. Uh, They were uh, lower rates earlier, but still uh, lower rates this morning on the two and the ten-year German. Uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to say goodbye to the traditional 60-40 stock bond allocation. Say hello to alternatives as a core part of modern portfolios. Learn more at Invesco.com slash alts, I-N-V-E-S-C-O, Invesco.com slash alts. Kamal Sri Kamar with us. 
Sri Kumar of Kumar uh, Global, Sri Kumar Global and Economics, one of our most popular guests. A lot of our audience agrees with your caution, not skepticism, but caution about American economic growth. What do the growth optimists have now? Is it too much of a appreciation of what the consumer's doing or is it other dynamics of our growth? I think the optimists had expected that once the financial crisis was over, Tom, that the recovery would be swift because that's the history that we have had, especially after the serious 1980-81 recession. That did not happen. The second reason for the optimism was that the Fed was giving you a tailwind in terms of quantitative easing and zero interest rates. And the tailwind helped the stock market, but it didn't help the economy. So I think those were the two major issues, the two major problems. And real growth cannot be got from monetary policy alone. I like to say that if you were a plumber when the mon- when the Fed had an 800 billion balance sheet, now that it has 4.5 trillion, you have not become a nuclear physicist. You're still a plumber. And in order to change that, you need the change of the structure, you need education, you need vocational training. And monetary policy in the United States, as well as in Japan and in the Eurozone, <clears throat> gave you the illusion the that illusion. you didn't have to make any okay. other changes. Last week, Michael and I were covering Stan Fisher's comments at Columbia in honor of Michael Woodford. Do the, the models, do the economic models of Michael Woodford, are they of benefit now? I mean, do they do they essentially work? I think the economic models simply don't work. If you go by uh, again, uh, Professor Woodford is a is a brilliant theorist, and he has all obviously worked very closely with Ben Bernanke at Princeton before he came to my alma mater, Columbia University. But if you look, Tom, to the environment in which the Michael Woodford policies are working the Ben Bernanke policies are working, you are looking at a soggy monetary policy under very low interest rates. And I think that is essentially what all these monetarists face, that they are in a world which is essentially hostile to their measures. What's the current low interest rate, the current level of interest rates? What is that accomplishing? I'm sorry, what does it cost? What is it accomplishing? Uh, it, uh, what it accomplishes is market distortion. It forces you to stretch for yield. And people who should not be taking too much of risk, such as people with low income, people who are retired, people who don't have other financial backing, are all forced to go in for higher level of yield. And you see, again, in terms of the rash of mergers and acquisitions, the rash of, of foreign expansions, all of the low interest rates are making you behave in a way you wouldn't have done had the interest rates been more normal to begin with, Michael. And I think that's, uh, I think, the crucial problem that you have both with uh, consumers, savers, as well as with businesses. Well, then why are you so negative on the Fed raising rates? I mean, shouldn't shouldn't that be what they're doing? I'm not negative on the raising rates at all. I said they should have raised two years ago. But what I'm negative about is that pretending that they would raise in December and that would have no impact on the markets or that they have a chance to raise interest rates on June 15th, eight days before the Brexit vote, and expect that it's not going to have much of an impact on the markets. 
that is where I think the Fed is wrong. That's where I think the Fed is a prisoner of its own policies. I'm not saying that the Fed shouldn't raise it, but why don't you raise it? Get ready for a big market correction and then go your way and then keep normalizing rates. Do you assume that curve flattening that we've seen is not a signal of recession? We're nowhere near the two-year being the same yield as the 10-year, but the vectors there gets a lot of concern from the, the gloom crew. You're not gloomy. You've just been cautious. Does the 210 spread signal economic slowdown or contraction? The 210 spread so far is signaling an economic slowdown. Could it continue and then talk to you about an actual recession? Yeah. It depends on what further movements you have. What I've been saying, Tom, is that the 10-year is going to go toward 1%. Today we are at 182. Say that again. The 2-year or the 10-year? The 10-year. Ten, the ten I'm sorry. The 10-year go is going close to 1% over the next year. 1.00? 1.00. And if you do that, mm. if you look at even the spread between the, for, the federal funds rate and the 10-year, it has flattened enormously, even if the tenure, if the uh, federal funds rate were to increase. Mike, that's positively un-American. Well, I mean, that blows through HSBC's 1.50. Tell me why. Because <clears throat> the two reasons. One, I don't think inflation is picking up, Michael. Secondly, and I don't think economic growth is going to pick up. If you have very slow economic growth and it starts to slow down even further with the passage of time, uh, they're talking about the nominal 10-year interest rate being a product of both your expectation for real growth and your inflationary expectations just don't add up to anything like even 1.5%. That's that's my arithmetic. You, you were not impressed by the CPI numbers this last week. I'm not impressed by the CPI numbers, but the core inflation uh, is still well below the Fed's target. You have the Eurozone, which is dealing with deflation, the Japanese deflation is getting worse. The Chinese wholesale price index has been negative so, so for quick, about four years. Quickly, so, your part of your calculus is we import their deflation. We import and the deflation. Exactly. U.S. is <clears throat> not an island. It can't okay. have a high inflation okay. when the rest of the well, world is going down. I just put this out on Twitter. We're going to rip up the script here, folks, and come back and really dig into this with Sri Kumar, the idea of moving from 1.82% HSBC with an outlier call, 1.5% for a major bank, and Sri Kumar blows way through that to a lower yield. Futures, negative three. This hour of surveillance is brought to you by Mount Kisco Volvo. Visit MountKiscoVolvo.com. Here's Michael Barr with the latest news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Obama has removed a 50-year-old ban on selling arms to Vietnam. The president is on a three-day visit to the country before heading to Japan. Officials say two suicide bombers hit Yemen's southern port city of Aden today, killing at least 45 people. Security officials say young men seeking to join the army were targeted. Today, a judge in Baltimore is scheduled to announce his verdict in the trial of one of six city police officers charged with the death of Freddie Gray. Prosecutors say Officer Edward Nero arrested Gray without probable cause and was negligent when he did not buckle him into a seat belt in the police van. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Shout out to the Jack Brown Pediatric Cancer Charity of London and of New York. This morning, police officers from England 
Police officers from America will pull jet blue airplanes at JFK in support of pediatric cancer research. Good morning. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com at BMW. They only make one thing, the ultimate driving machine. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and this update's brought to you by the accountants and advisors at Eisner Amper. Cybersecurity is on the mind of every business leader. Managing cyber risk should be, too. Get started with a cyber risk assessment. Learn more at EisnerAmper.com slash cyber risk. And we see a headline right now crossing the Bloomberg. Tribune Publishing is rejecting the Gannett bid offering, and it offers mutual talks. We'll have more on that story as it crosses the Bloomberg. But again, that just crossed seconds ago. Government bonds, meanwhile, rising. The yen strengthening as investors weigh the timing of the Federal Reserve's next increase in interest rates and the outlook for inflation. Commodities sliding led by metals while stocks in Europe decline. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down three points. Dow E-mini futures down 23. NASDAQ E-mini futures down two. DAX in Germany's down eight tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up five thirty seconds. The yield 1.82 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 1.2 percent or 60 cents to 47.82 a barrel. COMEX gold down three tenths percent or three dollars eighty cents at 12.49 ten an ounce. The euro a dollar 12.12. The yen 109.39. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Hey, Karen, uh, thanks so much. Buyer or Bayer, however you want to look at it, on Monsanto breaking down not through this morning weakness, but in Germany trading. Uh, 3% down, down a good 15% from the peak of May 12th. So there's uh, the shareholders uh, voting. Michael McKee, we have uh, sophisticated listeners worldwide. One of them works for Wells Fargo and takes issue. He goes 20 basis points higher in yield versus Sri Kumar looking for uh, the yield to go 80 basis points lower. Well, there are not a lot of people uh, calling for a 1%. Ten-year uh, yield, so uh, Sri is is occupying a space of his own almost there. Um, your view does get a little bit of support this morning, uh, Sri, from the New York Fed. They've just put out uh, their most recent. And Tom, you're going to like this because I know you love DSGE models. Love it all over it. <laughs> they uh, they they've run the numbers. And their latest DSGE <clears throat> forecast is that Sri's wrong on growth but right on prices. They see uh, growth picking up throughout the rest of the year, but they think the recent rise in inflation is temporary. Um, So uh, for whatever faith you put in models, you have some support for either side of the equation. Um, How much faith do you have, Sri, in the accuracy of bond prices or the the, the R-squared of bond prices to the economy right now, uh, given the fact that uh, everybody in the world puts, is putting their money into the United States, which is driving down bond yields. The Fed is still uh, buying 10-year notes as part of its reinvestment plan. So is there a real price on bonds at this point? How do you separate it out and say the economy is going to lead us to this? Very good questions, Mike. I think when you're looking at the correlation between the 10-year yield and economic growth, 
think about it more like a multiple regression. In other words, the, the, the yield depends not only on the growth rate, but also measures of liquidity, measures of foreign confidence or lack of confidence in their own countries. So if you put those three variables together, I think your R squared would be significantly higher than if you just considered economic growth here. And regarding going toward 1% for the 10-year yield, I was alone a couple of years ago when I didn't agree that the 10-year was going to go to 3%, 3.5%, which was universally believed, and I said it was going down to 2%, which seemed heretical at that time. Now it has gone to 180, and I think you will see that going below 150 because nothing much has changed since then. And again, going back to your own points, the world is even more worried about leaving the money there. The rest of the world, one to nine year German yields are negative or close to being negative. Why is the United States alone at 182? It is just way too high to survive and I, at that level. And that's one more reason why I see it going down. So if you want to boost your R squared, you need much more explanatory power on the right-hand side of the equation. Tom, we didn't get John Tucker's permission to do a math Monday, but I think we've gone down that path. No, but it is chi squared Tuesday tomorrow, which will be did uh, doze off there for a minute. Yeah, well, come on, if you you keep it up, Tucker, we're doing kurtosis. Sri, if if I look to your point, any kind of moving average of the ten-year yield, it is that of a great moderation. Are we still in the great moderation? You know, eighty years of just. 40 years, rather, of disinflation, you know, and starting in 1980, roughly, in, in Volcker. Are we still within that trend? I think we are, Tom. And the reason we are continuing is because, again, we did not take the plunge. And Mike asked earlier, why shouldn't the Fed hike interest rates? If they had not had seven, eight years of QE and zero interest rates, and if we had started interest rates going up, let's say, by 2010, and quantitative easing had completely come to an end. The stock market would have taken a correction, but you would not okay, be but, in this 40 years. This goes to my reading over the weekend on disequilibrium. The basic idea here, uh, we're trying to have a painless clearing of markets. Exactly. Like Hayekian, Friedrich Hayek, painless clearing of the markets. Do you see that within your call of a softer economy? Or is there going to be a lot of uh, volatility and jump conditions, brutal moves, it's as more, would put it? It is more the latter. I think you're going to have a lot of volatility in terms of how the market moves. The softness of the economy doesn't mean you also have everything working well with you because you have given or you have sacrificed economic growth. Therefore, you're due to get other benefits. You have continued with this inflation of the policies for the last seven or eight years. You mm-hmm. have to pay the piper, and that means at some point in time you have to have a massive correction. Yeah. Sri Kumar, thank you so much. So when you, I'll put this chart out on uh, Bloomberg Radio Plus. The one-year moving average of the 10-year yield is 2.07%, and it has just rolled over ever so slightly, but a little bit of a rollover in a more smoothed approximation of the 10-year uh, yield. Michael, John Sylvia at Wells Fargo saying, you know, within the good debate of economics, I mean, Sri Kumar is too yeah. cautious. He's looking for 2% yield higher. You okay over there? I'm okay. I stayed up to watch Game of Thrones. So, mm. Game you know, of Thrones. Um, you watch the hockey game. 
No, you just don't that's talk what I about meant. it because the Penguins lost. No, I, exactly. No, it was a Game of Thrones. Hodor, Hodor was playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning, something like that. Futures negative 2, Dow Futures negative 19. The yield, Street Kumar's yield, 1.82%. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Jaguar of Morris County. Introducing the all-new Jaguar F-Pace, the first ever SUV from Jaguar. Visit Jaguar Morris County or call 855-638-2404 for special lease and financing offers. 